and welcome to episode three of the 14 Wins Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Max, with my co-host, Bones. Today, we're discussing Havana Syndrome. Havana Syndrome is really a whole set of symptoms, and they range from tinnitus to nausea to confusion to intense pressure in the brain and difficulty thinking. The symptoms were first reported by U.S. Embassy staff in Cuba, and that's where it gets its name, but it's been investigated in India, China, and Europe as well. The most likely cause of Havana Syndrome, given by the National Academies of Sciences, was a low-frequency energy weapon, a sonic weapon, such as microwave or radio frequency emitter. The symptoms are consistent with this finding. However, after examining 1,000 cases of the syndrome, the intelligence community has ruled out foreign involvement in 976 of them. A couple years ago, we wrote an article called UFOs and Brain Damage, Stranger Danger, where we pointed out notable scientists such as Stanford professor Gary Nolan and Kit Green have mentioned that Havana syndrome is identical to the effects of UAP or UFOs on human beings. Join us as we discuss. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Bones. Uh, I got to tell you, this topic is uh, a little creepy. <laughs> this one, this one's really scary. I have to say this might be the scariest topic we looked into in 14 Wins. And our involvement with this topic goes back two years to our article, UFOs and Brain Damage, Stranger Danger. And it was in that article, which were, we were just trying to better understand the physical effects of UAP exposure. That's where I first heard Gary Nolan mention that UAP uh, effects were similar to Havana syndrome effects. And then he didn't say it for a little while. So I thought that that was interesting. There was also an article um, that mentioned Kit Green, who is a doctor and a scientist who's been studying people who've been close to UAPs for a long time. And he said the same thing. So at least two and a half years ago, people kind of knew that these things look like UAP related phenomenon. Right. And so like in uh, just on the news, if you're just listening to the news, you hear these stories come up once in a while. The mainstream media does talk about it off and on. Um, uh, and they really don't know how to interpret it other than just saying what the government says that they're sus- it's suspicious because it's from, these diplomats were working in Cuba and some people still see Cuba as an enemy and they think that maybe there's some kind of sabotage going on, but uh, seems to be more to it. Yeah. In our follow-up to this UFOs and brain damage article, we called uh, Havana syndrome and the UFO problem. And we've kind of discussed how two years ago we said this was one of three options. Either a foreign actor was doing all of this or a UAPs were doing all of this or some were being caused by a foreign actor and some were being caused by a UAP. And the reason that we thought some of them weren't being caused by a foreign actor because some of these targets were clearly not sensitive in any way. Right. And there was cases of people being affected on the state side, which the Jason report and the the Jason group that was commissioned to look into Havana syndrome, they weren't looking at domestic, you know, not civilian cases of Havana syndrome, which there are. The caretaker from Skinwalker Ranch named Thomas Winterton, and he had a really drastic case of Havana syndrome that caused a brain tumor. Wow. And he's been following this. Yeah, very serious. He's been following this story very closely, and he's mentioned it on Twitter. Hmm. So where does, you know, when it comes to the UAP uh, uh, interaction with all this, 
how does it happen? What's the theory? Like there's some type of just, uh, obviously there's some type of concentration of, of energy that is happening and these people are getting exposed to it in both cases. But, right. Uh, and, and to be clear, we don't really know whether UAP right. are causing any of these cases of Havana syndrome for sure. What we know is that there have been cases where people, some of the best evidence that we've ever seen, like in the case of it's called Cash Landrum incident, and Gary Nolan, who's uh, we mentioned is a scientist studying this, he's mentioned this Cash Landrum incident as having the best physical evidence of, of an alien abduction case, which kind of proves that abductions exist too. So right. you get Havana syndrome and abductions all at once where you find out these things really are part of the UAP phenomenon. And it, we don't know if the cases that the Jason group looked at are directly UAP related or not. What we do know is that the people were hit by what looks like a low frequency energy weapon or a low frequency wave. And that's the type of wave that comes off of UAPs among others. And it does also appear to be able to be directed as a weapon. And in the case of Tom Winterton, it looked like it was directed as a weapon by the phenomenon or some form of that you couldn't see. See, you know when I I picture when I when I think about it, I think I think about a, a bright supernova of a, a portal that opens up, um, <laughs> and someone is exposed to it somehow because there's a massive amount of energy coming from it, and that's my surface level knowledge and my I guess it's my uh, um, vision of it all. But uh, well, in the it, cases are, where people have seen it. It, it did appear to be a giant bright object, but I should also point out that these objects tend to look like big glowing balls of light until they're close, and then they, they can look like a craft. So oh, a big okay. glowing ball of light around these objects m- may be the energy that's being emitted that's causing Havana syndrome or, or other irradiation. We don't really know. Or you know maybe it materializes something that looks like a craft or materializes even a, a hologram that around its sphere. Like I, we can't say for sure, but what we can say is that it looks like a big glowing ball of light from far away. And then it looks like something more material and craft-like when it's close. Okay. In the case of alien abductions, the cash Landrum incident would be a very solid example. The other incident that I would point to where someone saw the craft, I think, which is what you're saying is what does it look like when this happens? Yeah. And in the incidents we know where people had a visual, it, it did look like a big glowing ball of light. This happened in Rendlesham Forest, a really well-documented UFO case where okay, American yeah. service personnel, uh, they call it Britain's Roswell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A lot of evidence that this happened. There's even audio recording of the captain who was leading the, the personnel who were looking into the object at the time. You can hear what they say when they encounter the object. You know, it was a big, I think, triangular, pyramidal shape, if, if memory serves. And it was emitting light. So two of the uh, Air Force service personnel who were close to that object were irradiated. And one of them ended up having to go through a huge, long process to get the Air Force to admit that it was related to these, <laughs> to this object. So, through, right. but the reason that why that's significant is the, the Air Force eventually did and they paid for his, his medical treatment. But by doing so, they also had to acknowledge to some extent that the incident happened. 
Right. So those are a couple of cases where people have saw the object and were irradiated. In these cases of Havana syndrome, obviously no one's seeing the object. But I would also point out that if we're going to look at Skinwalker Ranch, um, the caretaker, the Thomas Winterton, didn't see anything at the time that he he felt getting massive headaches, getting uh, confusion, all of the same symptoms of Havana syndrome. He wasn't reporting seeing anything at that time or close to a craft. And then huh. there were two other people on that show, one of whom, Travis Taylor, has been involved in the government's UFO studies. And he was hit with the onset of Havana syndrome while on the show. And then when he went into a metal silo, it stopped. Oh, wow. And then another Naval Service personnel was on the show, I think season three, and this guy also experienced the onset of Havana syndrome. They took him into the metal silo. It stopped again. So they end up using this metal silo as what's called a Faraday cage, which is like a big blocker of electromagnetic energy. And, you know, right. kind of a Str- kind of a clean room. Strange. So in that case, they're they're saying that they're constantly exposed to it. Or or are those waves coming and going? Well, I think even more strange, they were targeted. And oh. it doesn't target everyone that goes there, and it doesn't target them all the time. Travis Taylor has been on that ranch for, for years now, and, and you know he, he doesn't get targeted with Havana syndrome all the time. It, he has said he's had some negative health effects that took a while to get over. I don't know all the details on that. But this guy wow. is also studying UAPs, um, so I think he understands the danger. Wow, so that I was correct. It is creepy. I mean, that's another level of creepy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think Skinwalker Ranch is a controversial place. It's a controversial piece of evidence because the stuff that's happened there is so wild and crazy. People like to dismiss it. But the scientists Hmm. that have been there and the the case history now, we've had 30 years of incidents at Skinwalker Ranch that have been reported by three different scientific teams. So the, the... and what's happened at Skinwalker Ranch looks very similar to what happened to John Keel in, in 1966 in Point Pleasant, which is why he wrote the Mothman Prophecies. Oh, okay. And the connection between those two places is kind of what gave birth to Fortean Wind. That was what made UFOs make sense to us, was, was seeing that what was happening today at Skinwalker Ranch was identical to what was happening in 1966 in, in the Mothman prophecies. So we started paying very close attention to both places. And that's right. what brought us to John Keel. And John Keel is, is, of course, a 14. And that was his theories, which kind of go, this this thing has been around a long time and it's extremely powerful. So I think those are the things we know about. Right. Well, that's wild. That. And so, you know, we, we're looking into this and we have to look we have to look into it knowing that yes, humans can create this technology and can, can create a weapon that can affect people in the same way. So that is definitely a thing. And you you mentioned the fact that so you kind of have this uh uh give and take where you have authorities or at least the U.S. authorities saying, you know, this could be a weapon. We have diplomats that are, are coming up with all these symptoms. But then you have this other side where 
Um, now, you know, the, the parallel with, with the UAPs, people with experiences are, are having the same symptoms. They can, you mentioned it, they, they can kind of use it as a scapegoat now. So it's kind of a weird twist. So you, they can actually use the possibility of UAPs irradiating people as a scapegoat in a way. Absolutely. I mean, the U.S. or any other government can. That's what we said two years ago was was we said this is important because we look we look we said there's this is going to fall into one of three scenarios either it's all uaps it's all foreign actor or it's a combination of the two but in the case of let's say it was number two and this was all being caused by a foreign actor or i think you bones actually pulled up that there has been cases of american citizens who've tried to do this on other american citizens right they have actually tried to uh a, a microwave emitter so yeah two two bozos from uh general electric tried to create some kind <laughs> of a weapon to to who knows what but i think they were targeting uh, uh minorities or something like that it's horrible it's terrible and, and the, so that's a an example though of the fact that this weapon exists so it does right. exist everything that right. we're talking about and, that, and so when we say look this might be uap related because of what was happening at Skinwalker Ranch looks clearly UAP related. So when we say it might be UAP related, that's not a stretch. Right. And we're waiting, like we said, we're waiting two years. And we said, these were the three options two years ago, all UAP, all bad guys or a combination. And now two years later, you have this Jason group coming out and saying, it's, it's not, it doesn't look like a foreign actor. So your next logical uh, suspect is either a couple of bozos from GE or UAP, where we've seen right. these things repeatedly happen. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's strange and creepy at the same time. It's I'm, strange I'm st- and creepy. Yeah, and I'm sticking with the creepy theme. That's today's theme. <laughs> you the- you have been creepy <laughs> about a lot of things today. Um, yeah, I, I've, I find this... Extremely strange and creepy because we also didn't see one of the things that I mentioned there is there doesn't there's not a a, a clear pattern to the targets. Oh, okay. That at the which targets the ones people who are being infected by Havana syndrome. Just every oh yeah right right. So if we widen the net, which is what we're suggesting, like if we're going to suggest some solutions out of this or some some ways forward from 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 our peanut gallery here, it's it, it's it's the fact that. You, you got to start looking at all these cases as potentially victims of Havana syndrome, regardless of whether they're diplomats or not. And then new patterns can emerge. And the pattern I think that I would be most interested in looking at would be, is there a physiological connection between these people? Hmm. Do they right. share something in common in their biology or physiology? That's, I think, where I would be looking more because how did it, and why did it target them? Right, right, sure. In Interesting. The, yeah. In the case of Tom Winterton, and uh, he felt like maybe there was, he's he's made some peace with the phenomenon out there, and maybe he wasn't respectful enough at first. Um, and then in the case of Travis Taylor, when he was irradiated, he was looking into a piece on the ranch that, they had, were seeing unusual energy spikes, so he may have been getting very close to the source of this thing. 
when he huh. was irradiated. So there's there's people who are getting who are close to it. And if you're at Skinwalker Ranch, you're close to it. Right. And and, and I would say, okay, Cuba is an island nation. A lot of UAP are seen a, a, a around island. Is there a connection there? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the one looking at all the cases, but I can say that other there have been Havana syndrome cases in Europe. Right. So I don't know what those percentages look like. I don't, you know, we don't know. And, and, right. and but what we're suggesting is that given the fact that there's no other suspects, you might as well widen the net. You might as well look at everyone and you might as well consider UAP a possibility and start looking for a connection between victims. And not to oversimplify anything, but uh, it's, it's just really strange. We're talking about radiation um, uh, in, on this podcast when it comes to the Havana syndrome. And, you know, in previous episodes, we also talk about how UAPs are attracted to nuclear sites, which obviously can contain radiation. Right. And, and you know, what, do we, what is radiation? Like everything is everything's radiating something. Right. But sure. In true. the case of, of, of UAP, what we know is that they're emitting a ton of energy. So I know we right. mentioned that before. And, and that's really one of the things we know. We like talking about things that we know for sure about UAP. And that's something we know for sure that they are emitting a ton of energy. And it's an unusual energy in that it's giving off so many different waves. But these these low frequency waves, that has been seen in people close, that that is a direct connection there. And if, right. they're, if they're targeting people, I, don't, I just don't want to even... So this could cause a panic if they're targeting people. And the strange thing is, is if we can't find a pattern of intent, we now have something that is uber powerful, can be invisible, can go hypersonic speeds, might be able to materialize matter and go through other dimensional portals. I mean, we don't really know. And, and it just right. picks on people every now and then. Right. So, but it puts a whole new angle on it because, you know, if if uh, UAPs are giving us all brain tumors, then we're going to have a real issue. <laughs> and at what point does the government obligated to really now stop pretending like it doesn't exist? The, right. And this is a horrible way to come out with disclosure. If they had all these chances to say, hey, we're here with something else and maybe we have an opportunity to communicate with it, maybe people wouldn't be so upset. But if you come out and you say UAP are real and they're irradiating some people, true, it's yeah. going to make for a nasty form of disclosure. It's not good. And I don't know how they avoid that at this point because they are admitting that UAP are real and society's just taking a long time to get there, but it's getting there. We, right. we pointed out the numbers just keep getting more and more on, on, on the side of people who understand that these are real. The research dollars are there and the more evidence that, that comes out, the more, the more people are taking it seriously. Right. As UAP people understand UAP. We talk about sometimes are, is the government rolling this all out intentionally orchestrated? And, you know, I, I, are they really going to say, yay, UAP exists. And by the way, they're radiating people randomly. I, I don't think so. It doesn't look no, orchestrated. Probably to me. not. And some of the, the reasons people think the government would orchestrate this conspiracy is because they want to get money for space wars and um, they just want to maintain uh, control or maybe some other sure. larger, crazier conspiracies. But, you, you know, 
having a bunch of people affected by Havana syndrome would not be the most expedient way to do any of that. Right. This is, this is a real tricky issue for sure. I, I, for one, if I was radiated, I would definitely want the scenario where I'm, I'm looking at some type of super energy portal, just so I have that as a reference, you know, and I could, and of course have a better story too. It's not just that I wake up with, you know, yeah. Havana syndrome. I have a, a cool story to go along with. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like all of them sound terrifying, but at least they could look cool while they did this, you know, like, like the goblins. We just did the goblins. It should show up right. looking like goblins. You know, radiating. <laughs> right. Right. Make it exciting. <laughs> Do like something from Harry Potter. <laughs> And that's good because, you know, people are always asking. Lou Elizondo has made this statement that it's a somber subject, that UAPs are a somber subject. Sure. And that's how he feels about it. And I think this is what he's talking about. They're constantly, people are constantly asking about, well, why does he think it's so somber? And and what, do they, what does he mean by somber? And maybe he means that we're actually invaded already. Well, look at what we've already told you. We're saying that these things are ultra powerful. That much we know for sure. They can be invisible, like they're irradiating at least some people. Some of these cases of Havana syndrome, we can say for sure, are UAP related. So right. if you just take those three things, it's a somber subject. It stops being about Chewbacca and R2-D2. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, see, you see people, real people affected by it. Absolutely. Okay, well, we'd like to do a, a 14 uh, media review. Um, we just did talk about the Skinwalker Ranch. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Skinwalker Ranch. The secret of Skinwalker Ranch is on the History Channel. And I do I, recommend the show. I think I, I watched uh, one or two episodes. Uh, I think that the information was good. Uh, you know, it, it kind of has that uh, reality show cheese element to it where they're trying to over-dramatize things. But if you can get past that, I think there's some... Good information. Absolutely. The cheese criticism is well-deserved, especially in the first season. I think if you can get past the first season, it gets a lot better. Oh, does it get better? Good. Yeah, the cast started to seem like they had a, a little bit more of a say. I think they probably had a little bit more of a popular show, and, and they got the feedback from the first season, which okay. was you know people not taking it as seriously as they wanted. So they've gotten a lot better. But that said, it's still a reality TV show. And it's right. on a it's on a popular network. So what I do, what I like about the show isn't so much the fact that it's a reality TV show that's paranormal based. It's the fact that real events are happening there. And I, right. we consider Skinwalker Ranch an extremely important place. And the events that happen there, I consider to be representative of the UAP phenomenon as a whole. They've filmed right. like four UAPs on camera there. We mentioned this on the show. They've had two Havana syndrome cases begin on camera. That was important wow. to see. Yeah, that's crazy. And I wouldn't know about any of that if I wasn't watching it. So the events that happen there, I think, are extremely important, even if the reality TV of it all bothers. Right. It's got to get through the drama. Yeah. <laughs>
well, it's the melodrama and right. the they have to make a story out of every episode. So sure. even if nothing really happened that episode, they 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 have to dramatize it. Right. But I I, I wish well, I really want to mention that the scientists that they have there are very credible people like Eric Bard, Travis Taylor. They're they're very credible people, and and the cast that they have seems earnest. Tom Winterton, I mentioned, he was has been affected by this, has had Havana syndrome, and is still out there researching this phenomenon and trying to find out what it is. So, worthy of respect and worthy of note. Um, but the most important thing to me is what happens there, because that is very indicative of the, what the UAP phenomenon is. And if you were watching Skinwalker Ranch and going, well, that looks like extraterrestrials to me, then you had a better idea of what extraterrestrials are than I do. Because nothing about it seems terribly extraterrestrial. It seems weird. Yeah, right. True. So that was episode three, and it was a little bit somber. Sorry about that. If you're interested in Havana Syndrome and UAPs, we have an article on the website called UFOs and Brain Damage, as well as another one called Havana Syndrome and the UFO Problem you can check out. But next time, I think, to take a little break from the somber, how about we talk about some ghost hunters that were actually the C word. Oh, Charlatan. That's what I was going to say. So not so creepy. <laughs> not quite so creepy. You know, I think people will really get bent out of shape because, you know, the, <laughs> these these are famous ghost hunters that we definitely found were not being uh, totally honest. Ah, good stuff. All right. See you next time, Bones. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. 